Welcome to CDW's Legal Inclusion Team Podcast, where we host conversations on diversity, equity, and inclusion from the lens of a corporate legal team. I'm Gil Cubia, CDW's Director and Senior Counsel for Global Ethics and Compliance. And in this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Tamara Fletcher. Tamara serves as CDW's Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, and she shared the company's DEI evolution from as early as 2007, along with the pillars of the company's current DEI strategy, which emphasizes culture, talent, and the company's business model. Let's listen to my conversation with Tamara. Welcome, Tamara Fletcher, to our show. It's so nice to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I think a great place for us to start is with a little bit about your background. Absolutely. So I am the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion here at CDW. I've actually been with CDW. It's coming up on 17 years. I started when I was five. I was just thinking, wow, they start them early they at CDW. They start them early. They start them early. Um, wow. no, but in, in all seriousness, so I've been here almost 17 years, and I spent about seven of those years in the beginning on the sales side, really doing sales and then later sales operations. And I have had the pleasure of being a leader in DE&I for almost nine years, coming up on nine years now at the organization. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So that's, that in and of itself says a lot about CDW's program and the maturity of it, because you've been at this for CDW for more than nine years. That's awesome. Absolutely. And it was here long before I joined. So definitely it has been a priority for us for a long time, since 2007 to be exact. So can you tell me a little bit about your journey to CDW, sort of your path? Absolutely. So I was actually recruited right out of college to CDW. Um, and it's a funny story, but I think it's a testament to who CDW is. Um, I My uh, bachelor's degree is in chemistry. Oh. And so so in my mind, it was, okay, well, I don't want to be in a lab, um, so maybe I can go into pharmaceutical sales, and that way I can say I'm using my degree. I just need two years mm-hmm. of sales experience. I'll go to CDW. <laughs> it seems like a great company, and then I'll leave and do pharmaceutical sales. Um, and honestly, uh, I just never left because of the culture that we have here at CDW, the opportunity to really navigate your career. Um, and all the while, while I was in the sales and sales ops arena uh-huh. or fu- uh, function, I was very involved in our business resource groups. They weren't business resource groups at the time, and I know we'll get into that. Yeah. But I had the opportunity to really be involved, and that's where I learned that I had a passion um, for DE&I, um, and also that I felt like I was really made to do it. I was put on this earth to do it. So um, having that opportunity allowed me to really navigate my way into the DE&I space, and I've been here ever since. It's my purpose. That's great. I love that. I love that. It's it's funny. Our careers take interesting turns. I mean, we may have set goals in our mind, but it ends up being no straight line. It's a zigzag. And and if you're open, you never know where, you know, your career can take you. And for you, it took you right to your passion, which is DE&I. 
Absolutely. And the beauty of it is they took a chance on me, right? When I came over to DE&I, I didn't have any of that experience other than the business resource groups. But CDW, I think, is really invested in, in making sure they provide opportunities for people to learn and grow. And so I am forever indebted to CDW for helping me find, find my path. That's fantastic. So can you also, let's talk about that path once you got into that role. Can we talk about how did it start in terms of that journey from where we are today to where you were when you first got in that role? What is the program? What did that program look like and how has it evolved? Absolutely. So when I started um, back in 2013, uh, the focus was really heavily on our groups and they weren't actually business resource groups at the time. They were called connection nodes. So really it was about we have some sort of affinity in which we connect. Let's come together mm -hmm. and build a community. And I think that that was really an important place to start, but we were kind of at this pivotal moment where we could enhance what those groups were and take it a step further. And so when I first came on board, I was tasked with this transformation of connection nodes to business resource groups and how do we create um, structure around the groups to make sure that it still has that community feel for people, but it also serves as an opportunity to really propel uh, development of talent, really educate the organization around different affinities and different cultures, um, and at the same time yield some sort of business impact or business results. And so that was the first thing that I was tasked with. And literally those groups have, I, I mean, just soared beyond even what I thought I would envision back in 2013. So I'm so proud to see where they are. Um, and so that's where I started. And, and um, continuing to have the business resource groups, I then moved into more education so we actually okay. built a training for our leaders because we felt like it was important for leaders to understand what does inclusive leadership mean? How do I know that I'm leading inclusively? What might be some things that um, I don't even realize are getting in the way or preventing me from leading inclusively? So we built this entire training around that and really focused our energy and intention on um, that education piece for our leaders. We then started to move into, I would say, a more strategic realm. So it was, you know, how does DEI connect to coworker engagement? How can we really look at our engagement information and be able to find opportunities where DEI might be able to have an impact? So we started to get really strategic in that arena. Um, and once we had an understanding of where some of the opportunities were and where there were things that we could even double down on in a positive way, um, we felt like now's the time let's educate educate our entire workforce on what inclusion means and at the same time let's build for the first time a formal strategy um, in which we can make sure that we're making an impact that really does yield those business results and so that is what brings us to present time where we are fully engaged in that DEI strategy and really continuing the momentum in terms of co-worker engagement as well as business impact around that Wow, what a journey, what an incredible journey. So let's talk just for a moment about the BRG groups. How many groups are there? 
at CDW? So we actually have quite a few. Um, so in the U.S. and Canada, we have eight, we call them enterprise BRGs. Okay. Um, and they are really kind of your traditional BRGs where you think of a certain affinity that is connected with them. Um, mm -hmm. But we do say for all of those groups that you don't have to identify or look like or be a part of that particular affinity to be a member. So there's a, a heavy emphasis on allyship with those particular groups. So there's eight of them. We also have four regional groups that are in the United States, which basically serve as an extension of those BRGs in some of our larger brick and mortar locations. Um, okay. So we have one in Chandler, we have one in Eatontown, um, we have one in Cherry Hill, and we have one in our Reston office. Um, and so... Okay. Again, they really serve as an extension in building community and DEI and some of those larger groups. With, with some of our recent acquisitions, have we started to see our groups expand out beyond the U.S.? Like, for instance, the yes. United Kingdom, we have co-workers yes. in the U.K. and Canada yes. and India. Even Absolutely. Well. So we actually have six uh, BRGs that are connected to CDW UK. Um, and what we do is make sure that there is continuous synergy between um, the BRGs in the UK, the BRGs that are in the U.S. and Canada. Um, and we try as often as possible to not only share best practices, but on internationally celebrated holidays, we want to make sure that there's collaboration and that we're celebrating those um, as, as an entire global un, uh, organization as opposed to um, just based on a particular region. Oh, that's great. That's great. And then now moving to some of the education that you've rolled out with respect to inclusive leadership. First of all, who, who receives that training? And then are there ways that we actually measure effectiveness of the training? Yes. So um, right now it is a required course for all of our leaders, but 2020 hit a little roadblock because the, <laughs> the training um, was originally designed to be in person. Um, so uh. when COVID happened, it did kind of pause. So there is a backlog of plenty of leaders who um, still need to take the course and will. I'm excited to say that we have um, just about reached the finish line of converting that to a virtual course. Um, so we'll okay. be able to make sure that all of our leaders who have not been able to take it since 2020 will get the opportunity to do so. And it is a required course that we track. Um, what we try to do then is create synergies in terms of engagement around some of those topics. So we have leadership brown bags that leaders can come and talk about and really kind of digest some of the concepts around inclusion that they learned, how do they apply it in different ways? So the measurement is not necessarily quantifiable, but what we do make sure that we do is create um, continued engagement around it so that it is top of mind and we continue to, you know, kind of hone in on the importance of it. Um, another thing that we did to kind of create some accountability, again, not necessarily a measurement, but we did create for 2022, um, a, a performance review goal. So our PMP goals um, now include a measurement for our leaders around the ENI. Um, so again, that's another kind of accountability measure, if you will, to make sure our leaders like that. keep it at the forefront and continue to make it mm -hmm. a priority. 
That's really important. It's interesting. I was reading an article um, not too long ago on Newsweek, and it was about the United Nations recent report. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it. I have not yet. It was yet. put out by the International Labor Organization and the ILO, and it basically looked at diversity, equity, and inclusion at, a, at an enterprise level. Uh, it looked at 10,000 companies basically worldwide and it did it during the pandemic so you talked about how our, you know that training used to be in person but well, one of the focus one of the key focuses focus areas of that survey was this new way to work and how diversity equity and inclusion um, has become a priority especially in this new way to work because the pandemic and some of the events over the past few years, basically shine the light on a lot of societal inequities, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, and so it, it it really showed the importance of accountability. So you talked about having this inclusive leadership be a component of the performance review. And they, it talked about how accountability was one of the key priorities that kind of that came out, like one of the key initiatives that came out of this this study, this report that was recently published. So it's really interesting. Absolutely. It's important, right? Because at the end of the day, I think we have always had great conversations mm -hmm. around diversity, equity, and inclusion. There is not a doubt in my mind that people question the value and recognize their importance. It's, it's very clear. But without the accountability, yes. then it's not necessarily applied. And so it's really important to make sure that we transition from conversation to action. Mm -hmm. And the accountability measures really help us to do that. Yeah. So it Accountability was one of those strategies that evolved out of this, this report. The other two, there were three total. The, the first one was prioritizing diversity and inclusion um, in a workplace's culture, right? And here at CDW, the DE&I is part of our DNA. I, I learned that from you, Tam. <laughs> so it's, it is part, it's a priority with respect to who we are and who we say we are and, and, and who we model that we are, right? And Absolutely. so making it part of our business strategy. So you talked about the fact that it evolved, our program has evolved from the BRGs to education, to include education. And now it's a strategy. It's part of our business strategy. And then the third one was, ensuring that we have individuals represented at all levels of the organization. Yes. So that was sort of the yes. third area. Um, so can, can we talk a little bit more about our strategy in general? I mean, absolutely. So the beautiful thing is I was listening to you as I was like, okay, that's in our strategy. Yes. Okay, that's in our. So I think that's a really great guidepost to to at least encourage us that we're doing the mm -hmm. right thing. So our strategy really consists or revolves around three things. Um, the first is um, our culture, right? Um, and so our philosophy is that we want every coworker to be unique and belong. And the part that I really emphasize there is belonging 
by not necessarily having to, you know, conform or not necessarily having to conceal parts of who you are, but unapologetically being who you are and still having a place. That is the goal. And so it really does require education, engagement, um, you know, connection, conversation, storytelling, all of those things are so critical to making sure that that happens. Um, and there's a component in there where we make sure our leaders help enable that culture as well. So that's kind of the first area. The second area of our strategy is around our talent, which is also critically important because at CDW, our talent, our coworkers are our secret sauce, right? That's the best way yes. I can describe it. Um, and so we have to make sure that we're investing in all of our talent and we have to make sure that there's a deliberate lens on DEI as it relates to all of our talent. So how does this you know, impact our hiring practices? How does this impact how we develop our coworkers and develop our talent and really bolster a pipeline that is truly representative of, you know, all cultures, all aspects of diversity, yes. right? Um, and so that's what we tend to focus on in that middle piece around talent. And then the third bucket is all around our business model and how do we make sure that all of our efforts um, are resulting in how we do business, the types of processes that we have, how we engage with our customers and our partners, how we're impacting our communities, right? And so it really is just ensuring that DEI is a part of that DNA as we talked about and truly showing up and manifesting in all aspects of who CDW is. I love that. So everything that this report talked about, we're already doing that, Tam. Yes. <laughs> Way to go. Yay. I love that. Um, <laughs> one of the conclusions of this report was that diversity and inclusion policies and strategies are critical to high performance, higher performance in the workplace, yes. right? And so when yes. you talk about the impact on our customers and our ability to be more innovative and our employee retention, and how employees feel at yes, work. Absolutely. All of that comes together to, yes, to, to make us mm -hmm. the best CDW absolutely. that we can bring to the table, basically. For sure. And think about it in its most simplistic form, right? If you feel like, man, I am valued here. I have a place here. Think about oh, the yeah. discretionary effort you then <laughs> put into what it is that you're doing. Right. And so it's as simple as that. If I have more discretionary effort and I'm giving my all and I feel comfortable sharing my ideas, the innovation collaboration comes, the comes absolutely. The, just, it all begins to work. Yep. Mobility of talent, it all comes to light simply if we focus on that foundation of making sure people feel and know that they belong here and are valued. That's good. I like it. I like it. And I also like what you said. You said our our coworkers are a secret sauce. Yes. <laughs> and that's true. That's true. I I recall when I Absolutely. was considering joining CDW. So I've only been with CDW and not 17 wonderful years like you yet. <laughs> um, just I, I think I'm just getting my eight month mark, right? But one of the things that's that really awesome. drew me to CDW is its culture. And there's so much information out there about CDW, about the BRG groups, about the culture. And even when I started just, you know, asking around to, through my network outside of CDW, people only had great things to say about the reputation of the company, the respect that the company places on its coworkers. 
And then the word coworkers. We don't use the word employees at CDW. It is a foreign term. It's a foreign and the more, term. And, and, and now that I've been here for eight <laughs> months, when I hear someone else refer to their their talent, their coworker as an employee, you know, someone from another organization, I, I almost feel like it's demeaning in a sense. So just the word itself, coworkers, mm-hmm. is so respectful, mm-hmm. I think, and just... I don't know. I mean, just, it it says a lot about the culture and about, yeah. And and about how, how we can all feel like we're in a place where we're respected and trusted. I I love it. And that's the goal, right? And I mean, you (laughs) know, of course we have a lot of work still to do, right. To make sure that everyone feels that way, but that is the goal. That is the North star. And so it's great to hear um, that that's been your experience, that that's what has drawn you to CDW. Um, That's what we want. And we want that for every single coworker and we'll continue to work um, and, and, continue to be strategic, continue to enhance our approach to make sure that that happens. That's great. So before we close, I want you to maybe give us just a few words or nuggets of wisdom about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, And I also want you to share, you know, anything that you have coming up. So where are we going from here? Yeah. So I think, you know, my I won't call it words of wisdom, but my philosophy around um, just this effort and this work is that it truly is a journey. And coworkers here have heard me say that so many times, but it's important that we know that because it's a it's a long term thing that will continue to evolve and there'll be iterations and it's not there's not a one size fits all you know approach to this and so every single day we're continuing along that journey every single day we're learning we're growing we're becoming more insightful we're making stronger connections we're you know making more equitable experiences and processes it is truly a journey and i i think it's important for people to have that mindset to know that it won't be a quick fix it won't be something that manifests overnight but if we continue to be really deliberate and we continue to maintain our focus on staying on the journey then we will ultimately get to everything that we've been talking about today in terms of coworkers <laughs> truly feeling you know, like they can be their unique selves and belong. And so when I think about what's next, I can't predict it quite honestly. I never would have thought that we would be where we are today when I started nine years ago. Um, And so I don't want to necessarily say that I know what's to come. But what I do know is that we will continue to have more people engaged in understanding their role in the journey. We will continue to become more savvy in terms of where there are different places to implement the ENI and make sure it resonates in all facets of who we are. So I know we'll be smarter. I know we'll have more engaged coworkers. I know that we will all be more culturally um, humble um, and and be able to you know kind of have more cultural humility and awareness and competency and understanding. So we will have those connections. We will have that knowledge. We will be doing better. But where that will lead us in the next five years, I'm just along for the ride to to see where that takes us. That is brilliant. Thank you so much. I love that. And thank you for sharing that with us because it's true. We'll just see where this journey takes us. Absolutely. 
Thank you so much, Tamara. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure. As Tamara said, CDW's DEI Evolution is a journey to create a diverse and inclusive culture that attracts and retains the best talent and ultimately leads to the best outcomes for our coworkers, our customers, and our communities. I hope Tamara's insights inspire you to reflect on ideas for creating a more inclusive legal profession. That's it for this episode. I'm Gil Cubia. See you next time.